Okay, so I have a plan to legalize cannabis around the nation. Um, <clears throat> this is Bernie Sanders from Vermont, and you're listening to High TV, where we uh, let you know. <laughs> Well, that you know, uh, <laughs> I can't even keep this up. Back to the show. <laughs> hey, is this uh, MedMen? I was just calling to, you know, love the company. Just want to know if you guys have any job openings possible. Listen, buddy. I'm going to tell you once. I'm going to tell you again. You keep calling. We're not hiring here at MedMen, Pensacola. I'm going to tell you what. I'm lucky I have this job right now. I'm lucky I can still put food on the table this Thanksgiving and Christmas. Sir, I was not trying to... Listen, man. They laid off all my friends. My lunch table is empty. There's nobody there to have a conversation with. And you're trying to come in and take my job. Sir, whoa, I think you're getting very... Um, listen up. Don't cut me off when I'm speaking. We laid off people. There's no jobs. And you are getting on my nerves. Uh, this is terrible customer service. Listen, sir. Turn, I want you to turn around and walk away. That's all I want you. There's no jobs here. Just turn around and walk away. Because I just can't. Um, I, we're on a phone. Turn around. I'm just going to go. Awkward. You are listening to High TV. Your place for cannabis news, insights, and information. If you're new to this podcast, you're a newbie. What's going on, newbie? Welcome to the show. Hope to see you soon. Just know when Monday morning comes and this podcast plays in your cars and your headphones, you will be the most informed person in cannabis in your circle. Stay tuned and stay high, folks. ITV. Welcome back to another episode of High TV. Welcome back. Okay, Cannabis News Now, as you know, we give you guys the cannabis info and news you need to be the most informed in your circle when it comes to cannabis. All right, so I want to make sure you guys are good. You guys had a good week, a good weekend. I know some of you are a little tight or a little upset that uh, the podcast didn't drop on Monday. My bad. Uh, as you know, I've been doing a lot of things, you know, man of many hats, trying to juggle them all. You know, sometimes you juggle these hats and it often... You know, it's not you're not juggling as well as you were. You know, what I mean, you're fumbling. <laughs> the presentation is off. You look like you're sweating. The best thing about jugglers is when they juggle things, they look calm, cool, collected. Like they're not even juggling five things at once. They're like, oh yeah, I'm just throwing them up and look at you in the eye. <laughs> you know. So we all want to get to the point where we can juggle things in our life. You know, to the point where they're all being juggled well. They're all being, you know, they're all successful in what they're doing. But. In any facet, hold on. We want to get to a point where we can handle a multitude of things and make sure that they're being handled effectively. Uh, so with that being said, my bad. I try to give you guys some makeup episode. I gave you guys a news podcast in addition to the high stories. Hope you enjoyed that. You know, I know a lot of you have a lot of weed stories out there. Appreciate the reach out on Instagram. Uh, and then I gave you guys, of course, a mini update on 
the hemp straws. I saw a lot of people on Hemp International respond to it. Thought it was just good to get even a podcast. There's a bit more information about it. Um, we've seen a lot of messages trying to see if they want to use the hemp straws because we know we all hate paper straws. And so I gave them the wholesale information. Do we ship internationally? Yes, we ship internationally. You know, it's not like we're selling hemp flour. These are hemp plastic straws or hemp straws. They're not plastic, but they're hemp straws. And so with that being said, I'm sure people around the world will have a need for some hemp straws and not have straws that taste like paper mache. I mean, how many times you drank a drink and it just tastes disgusting at the end? I don't want my drink to taste like water after it's been in a McDonald's cup for too long. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It tastes like a cardboard juice that you just drank after you opened it. Anyway, point is hemp straws are available. Um, they're revolutionary, very innovative. Can't wait to get them into your hands. If you need some hemp straws, you're a restaurant, you're a bar owner, you use straws, you don't want to add plastic into, you know, your environmental karma, go ahead and hit me up and I'll go ahead and get you some hemp straws, man. Get you a box of 100 and I'll set you straight. You know, whatever amount you want. You want to brand your own stuff? We can do that too. So that being said, hopefully, hopefully the last week's podcast was okay. And hopefully you had a good week. All right. Hopefully you ended last week on a good note, you know, chest up high, back, back rolled back, you know, chin up, confident. And even if you had a bad week, hopefully this podcast can help start off your week on a better note. You know, I think always having a mindset when you wake up in the morning that you're going to have a good day, make sure you have a good day. And of course, life gets to you. Life gets to you in its ways of poking and prodding your stability. You know what I'm saying? You have a nice water raft. You're floating along the waters of life and then life comes and just pokes a spear in the side and you got to figure out how to patch it before you drown. And so that's life. And as long as you have that survivor mentality that everything's going to be okay, you're going to work your ass off to make sure it is okay, you'll be fine. So with that being said, some of the workers in MedMen found out that even doing that was not fine because they end up waking up and realizing that they just got laid off. As we told you guys in a couple of past episodes, cannabis companies are laying off their employees and not just a few, but large levels in the hundreds. I mean, a hundred... Hundreds of employees don't sound like much when you're worth billions of dollars, but rest assured that is a lot of employees you are getting rid of. You know, again, these are people with lives, responsibilities, bills, you know, not knowing where their next, you know, opportunity may be. So with that being said, why did MedMen have to lay off 200 employees? And get this, MedMen even had to sell $14 million worth of its shares i guess of this reit or cannabis reit that they were a part of if you guys remember there was some news on hemp international don't think it made the podcast i felt like it's one of those side stories that medmen was going to merge with treehouse and another capital company i think it's sunrise capital in order to manage and operate a reit now you may ask what the hell is a reit hemp international high tv what's a reit so a reit is a real estate investment trust and so often they own and operate in most times retail estates right so for instance a REIT can buy out 
commercial real estate in order for that commercial real estate to generate money. And so MedMen was going to have $14, $14 million stake into this REIT in order to manage retail shops, in order to manage cultivation sites, and also production sites. The reason why they wanted to do this was for the simple fact of it's another cash generator. However, in order to run that cash generator, it's going to cause much more investment to do so. And as you guys have realized, it has not been a good year in 2019 for stock markets. You know, stock markets for the last couple years have been seeing all time highs since our, you know, unfortunate dip during the retail housing crisis. With that being said, there's a lot of optimism in the market when that happens. Oh, yeah, we're making money crazy. Let's invest into more things. Weed, yeah, weed's going to be legal. Put some money in it. And that's and, and that's exactly that's exactly what happened. You know, people were so excited at the fact that cannabis was a brand new market, that there were or are billions of dollars to be made, as these reports and BDS analytics reports come out and say. And so these investors were much more incentivized to invest their money into these companies so they can corporatize and, you know, enterprise. You ever meet somebody that's talking rhymes? It's like, I, right, Dr. Seuss, we get it. By the way, Disney Plus. You guys just saw Disney Plus has popped up on the market. I know Netflix is sitting here not knowing what it's going to do next. Listen, Netflix saw what Disney Plus is doing and decided to say, all right, we're going to make a deal with Nickelodeon. That's not going to save your ass, Netflix, because Disney is much more than its child cartoons. It's also its high-quality Pixar movies. It's also its, you know, uh, all the other things Disney owns that are that can be played on the Disney Plus app. And yo, how do you launch Disney Plus and then crash for the first day it launches? Now, granted, if it was the part of their plan, genius. Because me myself, they don't really care much about, you know, Disney, even though I have people in my life that love Disney. Like they are loyal Mickey and Mickey and uh, Minnie Mouses. Like they go to Disney World, they watch all the kid movies, even though they're older. They like that meme of Adam Sandler and Happy Gilmore sit with the kindergartners. That's them every single Disney movie. And that's cool because Disney's an awesome brand. But I myself don't really find, you know, intrigue in watching Frozen and things of that nature. But they're all good quality material. I like Pixar much, much less like the Disney princess type of stuff. Uh, with that being said, Netflix decided to go ahead and make a deal with Nickelodeon thinking it's going to save their asses. But what is that going to mean for, you know, your subscription packages? Are you going to try and juggle all of these subscription subscription packages at once, your Amazon Prime, your Netflix, your Hulu, your Disney Pluses, your HBO Max when it comes out. NBC came out with something called Peacock. Why would you name it Peacock? I mean, just the name itself isn't that cool, but I guess because you have Friends, The Office, Cosby Show, uh, Press Prince, and a bunch of other, you know, shows that were rented out to others, then I think they'll be okay too. But man, there's way too many, too many uh, subscriptions. Someone's gonna have to come up with a bright idea to have you pay one fee, like $25, $30 a month, and be able to watch Netflix, you know, HBO Max and Disney Plus. But cannabis aside, that's not even a story. The story is of MedMen. Chances are all those people that got laid off at MedMen are now at home watching Disney Plus like these bastards. <laughs> these red colored bastards. No racist. MedMen's color is red, by the way. Just in case some of you guys get really, you know, justice warrior on me out there but with that being said why did this happen so of course people were very excited for MedMen. people were excited for the industry they dumped in money and it turned out these cannabis companies were not as profitable as they once thought they were supposed to be very very cash flow incentive making a lot of money but yo the biggest cannabis company in the industry and you know what it is 
Canopy Growth. They lost a billion dollars and even fired their CEO, Bruce Linton. So what did Adam do at MedMen? Adam saw the writing on the wall. He saw that, you know, investors overall, not just in his business, are unhappy. He saw that banks were not willing to invest the money they normally invest in cannabis. You know, banks saw that we was becoming legalized and it was like it was like a stripper at a bachelorette party. Just took it off and threw it everywhere. They were throwing money everywhere. And with that being said, they're paying their lesson because these Cannabis companies are not profitable, they're losing money, and something must be done. Adam does not want to act like or end up like Bruce Linton at Canopy Growth, having to get fired and now having to work at a lesser cannabis firm, especially since he built it from the ground up as a founder. So he did a smart thing as a, as a, as a CEO, reacted to his environment, adapted to his environment, and his ultimate decision was to lay off 190 workers, sell his stake in the REIT that would have managed cultivation processing and retail shops that would have made money for of course memon overall but in order to make money off those off the REIT you have to put more money in I'm guessing especially if you want to operate it yourself instead of sell the cultivation materials which put a pin in it would be a great idea for one to own a cultivation site rent out their cultivation sites to other cannabis companies so now you have the land all right now you have the cultivation materials all you need is a company now to hire their employees to be the master growers to hire their employees you know to have whatever protocol are necessary to grow a cannabis on a wide scale and do the same thing for processing labs you know machines and whatnot and have a cannabis company rent it out it's almost like having Turo you know Turo the app that allows you to have other people rent out your cars it's exactly like that where you're sitting on a property or you're sitting on a depreciating asset which is the car in this case in Turo and you're renting it out to someone else to use throughout the day and I think that's what this REIT would have been done would have done if MedMen were in a better position to run and operate the REIT or help with at least so yeah $40 million gone um, 200 employees gone and that's their goal of ra raising their overall annual balance sheet because at the end of the year it's not looking good it's not but rest of rest assured even though all these cannabis companies are letting people go like hot cakes you know what i'm saying because i don't know if it's a, it's a financial issue is it an overexposure issue or is it that people who are now appointed at these positions are having to prove themselves as worthy and you know here for the long stay and say we have to implement change now and so if they implement a change now that you know is going to make sure that they save money at the end of the year like cutting jobs because payroll is a huge huge part of you know where your money goes at the end of the year then that's a safe bet their job is safe and the company's going to keep them long term but rest assured, even though a lot of these cannabis companies are having layoffs, they're not hiring like they're not hiring like they were, the cannabis industry is still the fastest growing uh, employer or in highest growing job market in the country right now. All right. They employ right now at least 200,000 people. And by 2021, it's projected by Vangst, which, as you know, Bankst is like the Indeed, the ZipRecruiter, the Glassdoor. It's a platform to allow cannabis businesses to find cannabis employees. If you want to go and find a job, go ahead and go on Vanks. There's not an ad and you'll see the cannabis jobs in your area if there are some. Only issue is companies much rather post on job boards like Indeed because they get way more applicants. And I guess it's much less costly to advertise your uh, a job opportunity on an Indeed than it is to advertise on 
Vangst. So, they asked the CEO of Vangst, what do you think about all these cannabis companies, you know, letting go of their people, having mass layoffs, you know what I'm saying, cutting cutting the cheese. That's not wrong. That's the wrong term. Cutting off the fat is what I was looking for. Cut the cheese. Cut the cheese a whole nother thing we hate trying to get into. You ever been in a car, somebody cut the cheese, you guys came and rolled down the window, you did like choking and suffocating <laughs> and, and they're just sitting there laughing or worse, they're blaming it on everyone, everyone else in the car when we know it's them. Like only your farts are going to smell that way. All right. Maturity aside, maturity aside, they asked the bank CEO, what he thinks about these layoffs? He says as follows, we're coming out of this report as a lot of companies are laying people off and people are reluctant about cannabis employment opportunities. But look at the facts. As mentioned, there are 211,000 people employed in cannabis right now. And his number is expected to reach over 400,000 by 2021. See, the industry is growing and the number of jobs are growing. And that's a fact. So, of course, he doesn't want to, you know, seem like it's a worry to him because if there's less, if there's, if there's people being laid off, that's less people being hired, at least right now. And so as his main business being selling job opportunities, he ought to be worried. But as a CEO, he did the right thing and he didn't make him sweat. You know, rule number 15, making up the numbers as I go. <laughs> Don't make him see you sweat. Uh, but despite recent bad news around the industry, cannabis companies are a great place to look for work from hourly retail employees all the way up to experienced executives. But here's the issue that's not being mentioned. Here's here's what they don't want you to know. As that creepy video on YouTube likes to title itself. Here's what they don't want you to know. While these employees are being laid off and granted, they're probably and most likely employees in whole departments and or at the lower rung of the ladder. All right. And the employees who are, of course, of the executive level and are higher up on the pyramid, they're not being laid off. And in fact, they're being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions or low millions to work at a company like MedMed. So while these executives get paid exorbitant amount of money, the employees lower end that has to deal with the customer face to face, have a much more tangible feel and understanding of the customer are being let go. And that's what happens sometimes in corporate structures is that they tend to lose focus on, of course, the consumer experience and the relations they may have gotten from those people at the lower rung, but then focus on much more corporate metrics, which in the moment may seem bad, but a lot of these people who are working, you know, especially, you know, in the higher positions, they're just trying to save their own ass. All right. They don't want, you know, any negative point in their managing. And so they're going to let go of people who may cost too much, you know, because they cost too much, they're too costly to the company to pay them their normal rate as they're owed. They're going to be laid off while these executives higher up get paid exorbitant amount of money and they let people go to save their own ass, which is understandable. It's human nature, but how is this going to have an effect on the business in the long run? I mean, they even let go of an asset they're going to have in the cannabis REIT, which I would love to start a cannabis REIT, by the way, who wouldn't want to have a real estate investment trust where people put their money in to manage these cannabis operations like production facilities, cultivation sites, and even dispensary retail spaces. Who wouldn't want that? Especially if all those spaces generate money, like product, like a 
manufacturing production, man, lots of money in uh, creating extracts, I tell you. You buy the trim, you buy the cannabis flowers, you have cannabis flowers, the concentrate is more expensive. The trim, you could be used to make a lot of different things, especially after you clean it, beautiful. Uh, cultivation, don't have much experience. I don't have a green thumb, so I'm not really sure how to, you know, put my thumb in the ground and make things grow. I don't think that's how the green thumbs grow. But uh, but anyway, anyway, uh, it's a great idea, cannabis reed. I would love to have one myself. And so Medman had to let go of it to make sure that at the end of the 2020, their reports are looking better. If not, I'm sure his job is on the line. And that's a lesson for you guys out there. If you see that your job may be on the line, you know what I'm saying, threatened in any way, make a quick, drastic adjustment to make sure that they can't say shit to you at the end of the day, you know? Once people have more things to say, that's just adding on to a case to support their already had bias or whatever decision they came to, to letting go and laying off all of these people. So you, what does that have to deal with you, listener? Okay. Oh, what was me? MedMen lost jobs. Um, what does that have to do with me? So if you listen to the podcast, which I'm sure you do, you've shared with your friends, you've liked us on uh, uh, Spotify, you've subscribed to us on Anchor and Google Play, you are rating us five stars on the Apple. And I love that. Thank you for rating High TV five stars on Apple Music. It helps us tremendously. Um, with that being said, you want to realize if you are in the cannabis industry already, is your job in danger? Maybe. I can't guarantee it. Is your company one of the companies who pop up as not having the best annual annual reports or quarterly reports uh, every quarter? You know, if their quarterly reports don't look good, right? If they're making their statements, especially if they're publicly traded and they don't look good, chances are maybe there may be some layoffs. But if not, you're in good standing, you know? Um, If you're not in the cannabis industry, what you want to do is to stay positive. Keep on applying. Have your resume on file you know get out there there's so many different cannabis companies around this country that you have opportunities literally everywhere if one door shuts down many more will open up and chances are if the door closed it's for a reason maybe you are meant to be at a different cannabis company or go to a cannabis company that more so fits who you are what you want to do and most importantly provide tangible growth opportunities for you Especially, listen. If your if your company is growing, you want to make sure your employees at least have in their minds what their next step is. You know, trying to have cattle just you know what I'm saying get fat and fatten up and do all the work without any payoff at the end isn't really a good you know carrot and stick model. You know, so if you're not in the industry, listen to the episode we had on how to get into the industry. Follow the advice. Go on these cannabis board sites. They have them in every state from medicinal and recreational, apply to those jobs, go on Indeed, you know, go on LinkedIn, connect with connect people in the actual cannabis industry now, know people, and hopefully it's more so who you know than what you know and what, what will get you hired. Just try to avoid, you know, the nepotism that may go on in cannabis companies in the early on. When I read a lot about cannabis companies and did research on how they were at the beginning, a lot of nepotism exists where... They don't have to be your family, but because they have a kindredship with you, a friendship, that's how they advanced. That's just corporate America for it, right? So with that being said, apply. Don't be afraid of the new news. Keep working hard. And if you're in the industry, listen, learn what you can, okay? As I mentioned, there's a lot of cannabis industries here in the United States and going to be a lot more in the future. So learn what you can about how they run the company. Learn what you can, what the consumers like that the company is offering. Why do they like it? 
right? What causes them to make the choice that ultimately benefits the cannabis business overall, right? Understand, truly understand the consumer. Why is your consumer buying this product? Why do they like this over this, you know? That would help you in the long run, not only become a better employee because you deeply understand the brand, but you also understand the consumers and who the consumer base is and what they want. Once you understand that, you can formulate, you know, ideas on how to reach them more effectively. You can formulate how to present the products, you know, more favorably and also, you know, make sure you have the products that are the most popular, you know, which like daytime or nighttime use is a popular, popular choice. They don't care about Indica Sativa. They want to know, can they go to work and use this product or can they, or do they have to go to sleep when they use this product? Can they only take it right before dinner or do they have to take it, you know, midday? So it's very interesting. Learn your consumer, your cannabis consumer, learn your cannabis business if you're already in there and keep that deep rooted knowledge into your mental space, into your brain, save it, put it on a memory card, you know what I'm saying? And make sure next time you have the opportunity the knowledge that you gained can be used for something, whether it's your own business or helping out a different cannabis business that may be more in line with, you know, what you want from a cannabis company, especially in long term growth. So that goes to my list. I know I took a long time to get to the list in the title, but it's worth the wait. You learned a lot, got a lot of stuff done. Let's make sure we continue. So the top cannabis employees in the U.S. in 2019 goes as follows. Let's start with the top 20. All right. And let's go away to the top 10. So the top 20 cannabis employees in the United States in 2018 goes as follows. Number 20. We have Lazarus Naturals. I think I know them for making CBD oils, high quality CBD oils at that too. Herbology. You have Calvia. Now, Calvia, I have a deep kindred ship towards because my guy, Sean Carter, aka Jay-Z, Beyonce's husband, 444, Jigga, whoever you name it, decides to partner up with Calvia, much like Jay-Z partnered up with the NFL in helping provide you know, a seat at the table of somebody whose interests are to bring in more black, brown minorities into the cannabis industry. You know, we already see Jay-Z get a workout for Colin Kaepernick yesterday, a couple of days ago, right? Colin Kaepernick's been out the league for three years, all because he stood up for what he believed in. And the NFL is much more of a plantation style league, not like the NFL, not like the NBA that's much more connected to its, you know, its users or users, its employees. The NFL treats their people like, plantation to be honest with you i mean you don't have you don't even have guaranteed contracts they let you go in a second it's the coach's way or no way whatsoever but in the nba it's much more of a superstar led league and so to, you have to cater to the superstars in order to keep the league moving forward which the nfl is slowly learning that lesson so kudos on jay-z on getting colin kaepernick a job hope you can get more minorities into the space because it's desperately needed you know there's a meme on facebook on instagram and you know the cannabis memes are the best they just make you laugh because they sum up so many things in one line well this meme was mentioning here's a picture of all the potential cannabis license licensees in a line to get the cannabis license and somebody tweeted on twitter on a comment saying looks about white and the reason why they said that was everybody in the picture was like a white male over the age of 35 40 getting cannabis licenses when you know for a fact that the minorities in the country the 
Hispanics, the blacks, are being treated much worse and have been treated much worse with cannabis possession than their counterparts and are having much harder times entering the industry themselves as a business owner. So having Jay-Z on Calvia, I'm sure Calvia would work towards employing more people. They're at 18 right now. I see them as being an eight in the next two, three years. Moving on, we have Vero Health. Vero Health is coming in at 17 or top 17 employer in the United States, they now newly hired Bruce Linton. Yes, the same guy from Canopy Grove that got ousted. You know what I'm saying? You know, had to, had to leave the door. Don't, had to leave the door. Jeez. Got kicked out, told to get out, told to step. I had something planned for that. But anyway, so he's the CEO of Bureau Health now, and uh, he's hoping to bring them up to standard as being one of the top cannabis companies, much like Canopy Growth was. You know, if I was Bruce Linton, I would have fire in my eyes and I would look for a cannabis company that wasn't the largest and I'll make sure that they grow because the value they realize is me and not the investors that kicked me out of my CEO seat. So continuing on, we have Weed Maps coming in next at 16. We have 15, Harvest Health and Recreation. We have Grassroots Cannabis coming in number 14. We have number 13 being Teamwork Specialties. That even look doesn't even sound like a cannabis company. It's teamwork Specialties. That sound like uh, a, a, a employee camaraderie group they book to come to your office and make sure you guys are doing your teamwork effectively and do like trust exercises and trust falls. Like, uh, we have teamwork specialties on the 13th. Oh, damn. I'm not coming into work that day. It's nothing but talking about your feelings and trying to gain teamwork. But uh, anyway, continuing on, they talk about uh, number 12 is CBD Kratom slash Mr. Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy's been around for years. Shout out to him now making a comeback. Number 11, Soterra Wellness, a.k.a. Parallel. Number 10, Columbia Care. Number 9, Mammoth Distribution. Number 8, GTI. Number 7, Cureleaf. See you soon. Number 6, TGS Management Company. Number 5, Berlin Packaging. Of course, Berlin Packaging gets a lot of employees because you need a lot of employees to deal with the large amount of bottles and labeling and stickers and everything you need to run a cannabis business. Number 4, we have the uh, notorious MedMen. Number three, we have Cresco Labs. Number two, we have Smoker's Choice. And number one, we have Harvest. Not sure who Harvest is, but they are the number one employer in the United States, which means if Soterra Wellness has the amount of employees, that's like, I believe, at a thousand or low thousands. That means, and they're number 11, that means Harvest has to employ, you know, tens of thousands of people to be number one on the list. If there are only 200,000 jobs in America right now, they're probably hitting the 10,000 plus range of employees. Uh, on this list so far, I'm only familiar with MedMen, uh, Cureleaf, Soterra Wellness, Weed Maps, Vero Health, and Calvi, of course, because of Jay-Z. So that R, or that R, Jesus, where's my English? My English teacher will be sad right now, upset. Uh, I knew I should have let him pass the class. <laughs> no, nah, but the, those are the top cannabis employees in the United States in 2019. And just know right now the number is at 200,000. The number is set to increase to 400,000. So if you want to be in the cannabis industry, go ahead and do the work. Apply, apply, apply. Talk to most people. Talk to the most people you can. Get to know the names. Connect with them on LinkedIn. See where the individuals who work at a certain position at a cannabis company, like let's say with myself, it's brand manager. You know, I love branding. I love marketing. I love putting together a story for a product. And I love understanding how the formulation of that product can translate to a certain consumer. 
Like if you have somebody who's a bit older, what you want to sell them is something that's much easier to take, like a capsule or gel, because they're older, they're not used to cannabis, they're, much, they're used to taking pills throughout their day. So adding a THC pill into their repertoire wouldn't be that much of a stretch, right? It wouldn't be. So if I'm going to brand manage a product, I'm going to make sure I communicate to, you know, these older folk, like let's say remind them of their youth. You know, classic imagery that already communicated to them throughout their lifetime. Just add some TAT in there, have a product that's affordable and one that, of course, is a larger quantity. And then make sure that you have now product that they're going to readily buy and be readily available. Simple as that. So you go on LinkedIn, find a brand manager, look to see what was their path to becoming a brand manager. What school did they go to? What did they study? What did they do after they graduated? What type of job did they get? What did they learn from that type of job that helped them in the job they have now? It's really about how much research and work you put into yourself and, and into the knowledge that is readily available around you to determine where you will end up in the future. You know, and don't get deterred if you worked at a cannabis company and got laid off because there's a lot of other cannabis companies available. You know, who's to say what the economic status of these cannabis companies will be in the future? Who's to know what greater opportunities, you know, exist on the horizon, you know? But you're not going to find those opportunities on the horizon unless you look. But know this, it's better to be in a position where you're finding something for you than st staying in a non-favorable position where you're not happy, you know, you don't see much growth opportunities, and there may be a potential chance of an unfair treatment, you know, due to your ethnic background. You know, things of that nature is a part of every, uh, every, not every, but most experiences at different places depending on where you are just know that as a cannabis listener as a cannabis culture aficionado there are a lot of options out here for employment and a lot of options out here for growth try your best to get into the industry somehow somehow you can either you start your own or you work your way up at a, at a cannabis company now and say you have your hand at putting smiles on all those people's faces, you know, really helping them get the cannabis that helps them out. Even though they might be buying recreational, if you're a recreational state, you're still helping, helping somebody's day go just that much smoother. So that was the first section. That's the first section we talked about cannabis jobs, med men uh, getting rid of 200 plus people. We talked about the layoffs. We talked about the selling of a REIT, what a REIT is, a real estate investment trust. We talked about the top 20 cannabis employee or employee or employers in the United States in 2019. We talked about a lot. All right. I even asked how your day was, how your week was, how's, how's your belly doing? Is your belly hurting? Does it hurt? I hope it don't hurt. Ginger ale. Drink some ginger ale. You'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> Man, I'm Caribbean. Caribbeans love to use ginger ale and tea as a number one fix for any type of ailment you have. You could have walked inside with a broken leg, bone showing and all. You want some tea, baby? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got some more coming up for you after the break. Uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe to us again. Stay tuned for the next segment and share this with a podcast listener. What, listen, when we grow, you grow with us. You know, we want to get to a point where we can share not only the cannabis news, but also the stories that happen in cannabis that aren't told. A lot of untold stories that get swept under the rug and left into interpersonal conversation. But putting it on a podcast is a great way to spread that message, connect people in the cannabis industry, and above all, educate them on what these products can do for them and what they're missing not using it. So we'll be right back. Hope you enjoy what we had so far. Another 33 minutes. I'm trying to hit 33 minutes on the head. But even if I miss it, glad you're listening. Keep applying to cannabis jobs. 
I guess MedMen isn't hiring right now. <laughs> and uh, Disney Plus needs to get its act together. So does Netflix. Because Netflix, only thing Netflix has is the raunchy, crazy, you know, adult material. Because, you know, Disney doesn't like adult stuff. They're going to stick with kiddie-friendly stuff. But we'll be right back. I think I'm going to hit that 33 minutes. That was a good stretch. Three, two. All right. Welcome back. You stuck through the ad. No, that means you the MVP. That means, you know what? You're not just a high TV listener. You a high TV, very important person, VIP. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Quick recap on the first half of the episode. We talked about MedMen, how MedMen laid off 200 people and even got rid of a $14 million shares had to sell their shares of a future cannabis REIT. Uh, real recap, quick recap on how MedMen advanced. Uh, MedMen started out as operators of dispensary, the CEO in particular. Uh, he learned the in and outs of running a dispensary, running a successful one, and even doing something better. However, in order to have a dispensary, you know, be franchisable and have different locations, you had to own and buy licenses. As you know, Florida was selling cannabis licenses for like a combined $90 million for two licenses. I think one was 45 and the other one was 45. That's 90-90. Um, anyway, so that's how they were selling their licenses. So what did men, men do? They said, yo, we're not in a license game. We're not in here trying to buy, you know, or or produce a much or just buy a liability. What we what he gained his skill in was operating dispensaries to a optimal level. How do you do that? So you're asking. They transitioned from becoming a dispensary owner or a dispensary operator and went into cannabis consultation. It's a great environment in California at the time when MedMen was starting to be a consultant, to, you know, to help people out on their endeavor of being a successful cannabis entrepreneur running a dispensary. So what do they do? Of course, they brought in their knowledge of operations, you know, of a retail space. And they also decided to, you know, put some lipstick on there, pretty up the dispensary, you know what I'm saying, send it out to the party and see how it did. Almost like one of those extreme makeover movies where the girl's kind of nerdy, like the, was it Princess Diaries? <laughs> or like she's like nerdy, she gets made up and now she's like the belle of the ball. That's what MedMed did for a lot of dispensaries. And it was very similar to how Macy's does its, you know, brand affiliation or co-branding it's not co-branding but where you have dispensary stores that have traffic have people coming in and buying this stuff love the clothes that's there but now the dispense the department store partners up with macy's so macy's gets ownership of the location majoritively and they decide to again put red lipstick on there turn into med men make it look really nice almost like donald trump putting his name on a skyscraper it was nice before the name got on there but adding the name med men brought in a lot of consumers because med men's strength is an is in its marketing and branding. You see, MedMen has tapped into the intangible purchasing behavior that gets associated with a brand that's cool. Ask yourself, why do I buy Nikes? Why do I have a yearning for this certain brand? Why do I like Mercedes, BMW, and Audi? Maybe it's because you're not a utilitarian consumer. You're more so of a luxury vanity consumer. You like conspicuous spending, which is just a fancy word for saying you like to show off. You like to look good, you know, and these brands have an ability to communicate that one by its price point and two by its quality. And so that's what MedMen wanted to communicate that with at least in the branding, make it look cool to where it might not 
have the highest quality cannabis, but it has great pricing and it's the coolest. And so MedMen's strategy allowed them to operate multiple dispensaries without having to have licensing and leasing of the building. So now they're making money off of the sales in the dispensary based off of their operation knowledge. So with that being said, they repeated this process. We see them in Fifth Avenue, okay? New York City, in the heart of it all. I mean, I read a story saying in New York City. Yeah, New York City had a trillion pounds of cannabis every year. <laughs> I saw like a guy named Vinny with a bald head and a pot belly <laughs> and some sunglasses. Hey, Vinny, tell me about New York cannabis. But yeah, you have uh, Med Men on Fifth Avenue uh, propagating themselves as a cool brand, as a luxury, not a luxury brand, but one that stands out above the rest in the cool factor you know it causes you to be drawn to it who doesn't want to walk outside with a red medmen bag or even sport a medmen apparel which apparently they're selling because i see it even here in florida which yes they have expanded medmen into florida uh and other locations because as you know florida got a large population and it's a large cannabis market and as we said in podcast eons ago you know we have medmen episodes that's how much we love the company uh, that's how much I love the company, to be honest with you. But uh, we talked about MedMen had a strategy of making sure they're on the most population-dense locations in the country. Because if you have a population-dense area and your store is there, you're going to have a, a large, larger number of patrons and consumers, and you're going to have a greater opportunity to be or make money in the long run. But of course, as we said, they had to lay off people and sell the assets because they're not there yet. But we're going to continue on with the rest of the news, Okay. Uh, again, 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 again. I love that you guys are listening to the podcast every episode. For some reason, when I look at these different, you know, uh, podcast platforms, they tend to choose the titles that I guess communicate to more people. Like, for instance, I had the episode not too long ago that was a Bernie Sanders episode. Talking about, talking about legalization even include a soundbite from the guy for some reason when I go on, on Spotify that's what they market towards podcasters I wonder if Apple does the same thing I wonder if Google Play does the same thing or Overcast or whoever you listen to podcasts what exactly you know are they doing to uh, you know propagate the podcast because you know you listening to the podcast tagging your friends having them listen in that helps us out a lot and i really want to grow the podcast to a larger level to where it's even visuals and telling more stories of how cannabis really affected people's lives there are a lot of untold stories in the cannabis industry ones that need to be heard you know the ones that vice didn't get let's be real vice is all over the news stories but uh, anyway here are the other news stories that i didn't think were, were as big as the job portion which i think was very fitting very timely and 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 you know the penultimate hey when niggas <laughs> i hate when people break out vocabulary words for no reason like i took a pause thought of the right word to say but somehow pull out like a 13 15 letter word out my ass for what uh anyway here are the other cannabis news story this week that may have flew over your head we have Detroit passes an adult use cannabis industry ban. It looks like Detroit is not too happy with what the cannabis market looks like in Michigan so far. Um, it looks like the Detroit wants to fine tune their cannabis laws and make sure that they operate cannabis the best way they can because they are the capital. I think they are the capital, right? Or the biggest city in Michigan at this point. And very quietly, very quietly, let me add, Michigan is doing its thing, okay? Like they're playing ball like the Pistons in the early 2000s when it comes to 
legal cannabis, uh, legal cannabis. I mean, of course, granted, 79% of Michigan is not allowed cannabis sales, which is absurd, which now Detroit is joining the ranks. Um, but nonetheless, those that are, are running a successful cannabis community. And if anything, those places that don't allow legal cannabis has a black market booming because they're not allowing it. So they're just hurting themselves at the end of the day. And I believe if my memory serves me right, they made about $127.5 million in taxes last year. And they said that by 2022, the number will rise up to $287 million by 2022 so they're generating great tax revenue i just don't know why they don't expand their cannabis market much larger it can't be for the safety of the kids it can't be for you know other reasons other than the stigma attached to cannabis or maybe it's a politics thing you know maybe those who run the health industries over there don't want it to grow and expand because they want to see what the reaction is now so they can better plan for a statewide and legalized federal world in the future other stories we have oregon cuts strikes or oregon court strikes down cannabis vape products ban as you know the vape the vaping crisis was just around the corner it wasn't too long ago where children were flopping left and right because of the vape crisis and so the response by these places was to ban cannabis vape sales and it looks like oregon wants to extend that ban on flavored vaporizers including the thc vaporizers why I mean, they do it after the CDC just came out and said that vitamin E acetate was in fact the factor that caused the deaths that we saw early on during Vapegate. So if the study now says that the culprit was vitamin E acetate, are they going to suspend vapes being sold to implement laws into making sure no cannabis vapes have, you know, vitamin E acetate? Maybe. You know, if you if you don't if you forgot or you didn't listen to listen to our last episodes that mentioned vitamin E acetate, the reason why it causes death is vitamin E as an oil to eat, ingest, and even put on your skin is a great choice. I mean, if you ever had uh, Avo, uh, Avo, is that what it's called? Aloe. <laughs> you, you can tell I'm a black person. <laughs> only, only my white friends use aloe when they get suntans. But aloe has high levels of vitamin E, so it's very healthy vitamin to have in your body. But when you vape it, heat it up, under wick and causes it to change its chemical makeup and breathe in the heated chemical change you are now breathing in a toxic su a substance and all the vaporizer is folks is the same oil that you see in there turned into little baby droplets that end up looking like smoke that's all it is and so those droplets are coating your lungs and once you have a corrosive toxic substance that coats a cell over time the cell will not operate as it used to because it's continuously getting damaged even when it's you know trying to divide you know because the oil is covering your lungs it's a large portion your lungs are very important people all right you're not waking up in the morning without lungs you know you're not living every day without lungs so protect it i say that as i'm vaping a puff bar go figure um, other stories include other stories include it's loading up folks but yeah man i i, I don't 
I feel bad for the companies who are in Oregon that may run a vape business but have no way of really selling it outside the black market because of this, you know, inopportune vape ban. But of course, it's for the safety of it. It's for it's to make sure the cannabis industry survives overall. Because guess what, folks? The cannabis industry, if you were to look at its progression, is not even a teenager yet. It's like a preteen. It's like a little shit. You know, preteens are just little shits. You know, they just get in your nerves sometimes. I know we have relatives that could be, you know, at that age. They don't have a high level of empathy that they should. You know, they're, they're just just trying to you know live their everyday life without being impeded by outside forces like regulatory bodies aka parents and teachers they're little preteen little shits okay and so with the cannabis industry being a preteen they're gonna have hiccups they're gonna make mistakes okay you know they're not gonna be the wisest when it comes and now on the outside because they're going into teenagehood they have the visualization of no longer being a toddler and being a baby in its in its industry infancy what we're seeing is maturity in some points when it comes to finances. We're seeing maturity in the money made, not the fact that it's not profitable. We're seeing maturity in how it's handling situations like the vaping industry. You know, we're seeing this happen over time, slowly. You know, much like a plant where you see it every day, there's not, you know, much growth noticed. But if you take pictures from day one to day 31, you're going to see definite growth in that plant, just like you see with the preteen and just like we're seeing with the cannabis industry. So allow it to have these growing pains of, you know, know jobs being lost allow it to have the you know the growing pains of you know layoffs occurring because profits aren't there allow it to not be profitable at first you know if the name of the game in business especially in new industries to capture as amount of market share you have to make sure you create enough value for that customer so they have a long-term customer value then that's all you got to do you know you got to focus on capturing as many people as you can and that means you got to grow a lot Get a lot of investments, but you're not going to be profitable because you're spending money capturing your core audience. Next up, we have California study to research safe pesticide levels for cannabis. As you know, California was not that great when it comes to, you know, pesticide testing and things of that nature. That's why sometimes you smoke weed and, you know, you get a headache or you don't feel too well. It's because whatever else is in the plant that it was not fully fleshed out or cleaned off. Now, pesticides are, are, are needed, but I would much rather a cannabis company who uses things like ladybugs and natural pesticides in order to, you know, not chemically castrate my lungs when I breathe it in. You know, that's all I want. So I'm happy California is now looking the way of Nevada and having very stringent, strict pesticide laws. They may not be as low as having like 10,000 microns or microbes of microbacteria or microbacteria on a plant, but rest assured they will have much more stricter stipulations when it comes to pesticide use and grows. Now, Detroit just shut down its cannabis program. I don't know why Detroit was so unhappy with it. It's your motor city. You know, they were selling houses in Detroit for like a dollar right after the housing crisis, but yet you don't want to participate, participate in the cannabis industry. Go figure. Anyway, while Detroit is out here shutting down cannabis, we have Illinois that is now starting anew. It's planting a new seed. It's opening doors, not closing them, right? It's looking towards a future of legalized cannabis. And so one thing I love about Illinois, which is also what I love about Calvia, the company I mentioned that Jay-Z is opening doors to for minorities to enter an industry that, of course, they were unfairly, you know prosecuted for and of course you know you look at the industry now it's not looking great for for people who may be of the darker ethnicity they may be hispanic or maybe black and even if they're hispanic they may be a kind of you know 
Berlin Wall when it comes to the connection between, you know, the different ethnicities in there. You know, if everyone in there is speaking Hispanic or speaking Spanish, excuse me, and are Hispanic, then they're going to connect with each other much more than they would you. Now, of course, in the workplace, you want total diversity and not, you know, uh, uh, that level of, I guess, not purposeful nepotism. But none the case, Calvia, just like Jay-Z got Calvin Kaepernick a job, he's gonna help us, he's gonna help people get jobs in the cannabis industry. We're not looking for a savior, but having more people with a seat at the table to help out the situation is much needed. And that's why I'm so happy for Illinois. You had the Black Caucus of Illinois who decided to postpone the legalization of recreational cannabis in Illinois. For what reason? They wanted more opportunities to go towards blacks in illinois who which make a large portion of their population even though illinois is very segregated you know if you go to north side south side west side east side very very segregated and of course separated by class and classism which is always classism racism go hand in hand um they now issued their first dispensary licenses all right so now detroit shutting down illinois is open up and we have more people who are now being able to participate in the industry Just get ready for it, folks. Recreational cannabis is coming and you do not want to miss out. All right. And last but not least, we have Canadian cannabis firms see flower prices decline. Now, we told you that Canada was not making the money it thought it was going to make by legalizing cannabis. And for good reason. We showed you guys the packaging before they even legalized weed in 2019. We showed you guys or told you what the policies were going to be in 2018 when they legalized in Canada and why it was not going to be as successful. You know, America has a good job or does a good job of creating global brands and they have these strategies that can be used to garner, you know, users and galvanize users in a very amazing way. Similar to how MedMen has done with its own brand. Now, excuse me, Canada wants to sell its product in a very dull and gray way where it doesn't really allow for aluminum foil. It has to be in a gray bag. It has to be a big, large warning label that doesn't, that really impedes design. Uh, Celebrity endorsements are banned, even though Drake can now create his own cannabis brand, which is okay in some way, I guess, because he owns it. He's not like releasing a celebrity for it. But nonetheless, Canada's not seeing the sales they wanted. So what are they doing? Canada's deciding to as follows. The story goes as follows. Cannabis flower prices in Canada. Oh, Canada. That's not how it goes. Uh, have plummeted around 30% to 40% over the last year of legal sales. And according to financial reports from multiple licensed producers, British Columbia, Canadian-based Tilray sold 10,848 kilogram equivalent of cannabis domestically and internationally, that's Europe, UK in particular, during the last quarter, but reported a 30% decrease in the net price per gram to 325 Listen, $3.25 per gram is not bad at all, especially on a wholesale level. That's pretty good to me. It's not as low as Oregon, but it's still pretty good. The drastic drop in per gram prices led to a net loss of, get this, $35.7 million for the quarter, which ended September 30, up from $18.7 million loss a year ago. So that means year, year on year, they're uh, not doing so well. They're looking at a nearly double in the amount of loss it's having, having year over year. Now they got to look at what are they spending their money on causing them to have this loss. And they're blaming it on the price per gram in Canada at $3.25. 
So the company's revenue was up 12 million for the quarter, you know, to 67.8 million, which is not shit. But it reflects a positive. So the president of Tilray, excuse me, says that this reflects positive business trends paired with the firm's sequential gross margin expansion. That's all fancy words for saying that we're doing well. It may not seem well 100%, but we're doing well. You know, it's like seeing somebody's relationship from the outside. You, every time you see them, they may be arguing, looking upset. When you talk to them, it's like lovey-dovey and everything like that. And things are pretty good. They're just having a bit rough at the moment. And that's exactly what's happening. Continuing on, Kronos Group, another licensed producer in Canada, sold more than 3,000 kilograms of cannabis during the quarter. And its revenues were $12.7 million. Interesting. Much, much smaller company. The company reported a price per gram not as low as 3.25, but 3.75, which is 42% lower than three months ago. Kronos recorded an overall profit of $788 million for the quarter, but mostly due to proceeds at the time, $835 million from other businesses. So, I mean... I mean, it's good news that Canada's price per gram is going down, just like how hemp this year's price is going to go down tremendously. I remember when kilos are being sold for around $8,000, $7,000 a kilo. But now that there's more CBD farmers producing hemp and more of it's getting processed as CBD, the price is going as low as $3,000, $2,000, $4,000 for like a good stuff. You know, so it's very interesting to see that the same thing that's happening in the hemp and CBD market is also happening in the legal cannabis market. And you can expect that price to go down way below 3.25 per gram. Like I can tell you that right now. There's going to be way more, way more cultivators, way more people, way, way more weed being grown. So the money definitely is not in flowers. And I think Canada knows this and so do businesses in California, Oregon and Denver and uh Colorado, who's been in the cannabis industry for a long time and are seeing the trends happening right before their eyes. You know, the non-smokable like edibles are rising fast in popularity. And speaking of edibles, this Friday we had an event called Hungry Nimbus or Kung. Excuse me. Wow. I, that's how you know when I get excited for some shit. I start stuttering like I'm Elma Fudd or like that kid from that sitcom. Like, why are you stuttering, bro? Relax, take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> As Vinny from <laughs> Vinny from Morris Park likes to say. Uh, but yes, this Friday we had an event called Harvest Haze, presented by Hungry Nimbus. And Hungry Nimbus basically is a uh, I would say we're event coordinators that put together events that cater towards a part of the cannabis community I'm seeing locally at least that does not cater toward people that like to eat their cannabis not just smoke their cannabis so we provide our patrons the opportunity to buy cannabis whether it be flowers concentrates what have you from vendors or the top Miami THC vendors and also get the chance to eat meals that are infused with THC. And I say meals and emphasis and an emphasis on the meal because a lot of times you have edibles. Let's be real. You're eating like a brownie or rice crispy that you were eating in high school. Listen, we're grown adults. We need our food pyramid in our meals. Give me some carbohydrates, some protein, you know what I'm saying? Some lipids. I need all that, all those micronutrients, as my lifters like to say. I pick things up, I put them down. You know, like we need to, we need to innovate. And so one way we innovate is by producing fully cooked Thanksgiving uh, common meals that people would have on Thanksgiving and just infuse them with THC. You know, I'm Caribbean, so I probably, you know, I like the idea of having jerk chicken instead of turkey because I hate turkey. And ham, 
People, ham is cool, you know, honey-based ham, but it's just not the greatest. And so with that being said, we made sure that this event was something where we can build a community that loves the vibes, loves to enjoy and ingest cannabis in the food form and provide, you know, the community opportunities to do so. We got a great reception from the people who were there. We got a great reception from the vendors who showed out, who were a lot of them were amazing. You know, some people didn't show up, but I guess that's always like that. Kind of like that moment in Austin Powers when his father never showed up. Daddy wasn't there. The... To what is it? To, to something underwear. Daddy wasn't. My bad singing aside, you guys get the point I'm trying to say. Uh, the event was a success. We're going to have another one or more, a lot more in 2020. We're going to try to make it a monthly series because we really want to build a community because I think the future of cannabis is in food. And I believe that liquor will always, you know, or liquid would always belong to the liquor and alcohol market. You know, if alcohol gets liquid, THC gets edibles. You know what I'm saying? Imagine eating your breakfast, all THC infused. You know what I'm saying? You could choose whether you want high intensity, low intensity, or just right. Now, just right is probably going to be around 25, 30 milligrams. You know, if you want the hardcore stuff, we give you a 50 milligram, 100 milligram, but you got to pay the extra price for the extra milligrams. And if you just want to try it out and get a little buzz, we give you the 5 to 10 milligrams as well. And so that's what Hungry Nimbus is about. Look out for us more. If you want us to, you know, come to your city and have a Hungry Nimbus event, we would love to do that. You know, we would love to take this show on the road, per se, and produce our, you know, event series elsewhere. Of course, South Florida even good to us, but I think cannabis is something can be can be enjoyed around the world, especially with the comfort of food. So if you made it this far, um, you enjoyed the podcast, you know, I enjoy you listening. You know, I enjoy you guys subscribing and liking and sharing and getting back to high TV or Hem International Instagram and sending us a message. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Um that's been all the cannabis news for now, man. I mean, FDA approves Yale medical. Oh, that's huge. The FDA approved medical cannabis human trials. That means you're going to be paid to smoke weed. Like if you smoke weed every day, you can legit make at least 20 to 10 to $30,000 working with the FDA for a year to smoke weed and then test you medically, psychologically, all those things. I mean, that's a great job for anybody to have. I'll be honest, be honest with you. You really get paid to smoke weed. Now, granted, you, know, you can't just roll up when you want to. They're probably going to have you smoke at certain times. But either way, you're not paying for the weed. You're smoking government quality weed, which people say is trash, but I don't think so. You know, if you're, if you're a scientist, you're going to learn how to buy or grow the best cannabis possible because you want to judge what the general consumers are going to be ingesting. You don't want to be smoking some booth and being like, yep, they smoke booth for 18 months and they're fine. No, how does that high quality exotic, man, how does that affect me? That's what we want to know, you know, THC levels above 25%, you know, ingesting concentrates, things of that nature. What effects does it have on the lungs? What does it affect on the half psychologically? What effects does it have overall as you a person? Very, very important, especially if it's thrown by by uh, Yale, you know, it's going to be a, a very, very strict and professional study. So again, I believe, I know I say goodbye to you before, but that, I promise, is the last story. Unless we see something that pops up here that catches my eye. Nothing really. We gave you guys the sauce. We gave you all the juice. You know what's happening with MedMen. You know, you learn about their background, how they came up. You learn about what's happening in Detroit and how the antithesis or opposite is happening in Illinois, where one 
one place shuts down and closes the door, another place opens it wide open. Bust it wide open. Bust it wide. Clearly, I have way too much energy for this podcast this time, but I want you, the listener, to enjoy the show, to learn a little something. You know, even if you're folding your laundry, even if you're at work and you have this in the background, you can at least have a little chuckle, put a little smile on your face. And learn something and stay informed on the cannabis industry. And hopefully in the future we can have more conversational podcasts where it's not just me talking, but it's also someone else in the industry that's making something happen. You know, we're here to provide you with value, provide you with info, and have you enjoy the overall show. So if you enjoy the show, as always, like us on Shopify. <laughs> like like us on on spotify subscribe to us on google play rate us five star on apple music i mean share it with a friend listen with a friend follow us on at hep international instagram and look out for more hungry nimbus events in the future especially in miami and god willing we're going to do this thing and blow it up big to where it's even more places and so yeah stay tuned and stay high folks high tv